situation in Ukraine. Get more now on the war in Ukraine. Moscow had planned to take control of Ukraine. Let's turn to the war in Ukraine. The Russians have no line of sight here. The Russian Truth Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Russian Truth Podcast, where I will be uncovering the truth about the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. I'm your host, Jana Bizhakova, and on this podcast, I'll be uncovering the truth behind the war and the consequences that followed after. As someone who is Russian and Ukrainian, I want to dive deep and find the root of this conflict and how it has made two neighbouring countries go from being civil to being at war with each other. In this episode, I'll be discussing the history between Russia and Ukraine and how a conflict between the two countries started and developed into a big war, which is still ongoing. I will also be discussing the effect that the Western media has had on people's opinions on the war and whether the reports they are making are true and unbiased. In this episode, I'll be joined by two guests. The first guest is Russian and has studied the history of Russia and Ukraine and has been to areas where conflict was ongoing, so we have an insider's look at what the conflict truly looked like. The second guest is a member of the military and will be telling me the truth about what is going on in Ukraine right now, compared to what the Western media have been showing us and telling us. The guests in this episode will remain anonymous and have their identities hidden to protect themselves and their privacy as this is a sensitive topic to talk about. I am now joined by my first guest and together we will be discussing the history of Russia and Ukraine. Thank you for agreeing to speak with me. The first question is how long have you been studying the history of relations between Russia and Ukraine? Well, let's just say I do not study the history of relations between Russia and Ukraine. I'm just a person who sits has rested in Ukraine not in Crimea here I have a bunch of relatives there my father is from Donetsk and so are my godfather and godmother who are from Donetsk and there are lots of my relatives that live in a city near Donetsk. My family is there at the moment my father's brother lives there with his children. So do my cousins, who are both in the DPR army one of them had to leave because of health issues, but the second one still serves. Which is why this topic is so familiar to me. The next question is, when do you think tensions began to rise between the neighboring countries and how did it develop into such a large-scale and ongoing conflict? Military conflict, I believe that it is especially fueled by a certain ruling circle in the West, this conflict is very beneficial, that is, it is a way to weaken Russia. As such, to weaken the current government of Russia to pull Russia into a long-term conflict. No one thinks about the true interests of Ukraine and the Ukrainian people. For example, Donetsk is located 70 kilometers from the main transport artery of Russia connecting Moscow, Rostov-on-Don and Krasnodar. This route is the M4 zone, and the border of Ukraine is located 30 kilometers from this route. Well, if an anti-Russian-minded element is in power in Ukraine, then this will create big problems, especially if some larger conflict starts, if Donbass is in the hands of, so to speak, anti-Russian-minded elements and in subsequent possible conflicts will be very easy to cut. I think the reason for this conflict is that those people who brought thousands to power in 2004 and 2013 through the so-called authorities in Ukraine, these anti-Russian elements, their goal was to pull Russia into a long-term military conflict, then blackmail Russia with these moments that I just brought up, Crimea is a separate issue altogether, Crimea is primordially Russian territory. 
It is already part of Russia and this is the main base of the Black Sea Fleet. Crimea is the key to the Black Sea, to say the least. That it is a 100% sphere of Russian interests, so to speak, if such a territory existed, for example, in the United States, Russia is a country comparable to the United States in terms of its capabilities, scale and ambitions in the world and have geopolitical reasons for this conflict. Poland is the state of the Slavic people. Once from the Slavic tribes living on the territory of modern Poland, they made such antagonists against the Slavs living in the rest of the territory. Here the Ukrainians are now trying to make it quite successful, who will fight and in other words will kill the Slavs. This is what some ruling circles in the West really want if you read about such a prominent figure, by the way, of Polish origin. Spigny Brzezinski. Who wrote about everything, only recently. Well, here it is, I think the unwillingness of the political leadership of Russia to deal with the problems of Ukraine at a time when Ukraine was already independent, in fact, actually led up to the possibility that in Ukraine there was such a coup d'etat and that such anti-Russian elements came to power in Ukraine. Next question. What was your experience of traveling to Crimea when it was at the height of the conflict? Well, I went to Crimea in June 2014, at the end of June, somewhere on the 20th. Let's just say I had a long vacation and during Russian spring, I decided to go and see with my own eyes because I live in the West. Western media would say one thing, and Russian media would say another, so I went to find out the truth for myself. I am Estonian, so I went by car. As a matter of fact, I came to Crimea absolutely unhindered, no one cared that I was going, who I was or what I was going to do there. It's not some kind of closed-off area. It wasn't some unimportant military action. For example, if you now want to drive through Donetsk 100% you will not be allowed there. In Crimea, I was interested in the question of that. What do people generally think about it? A lot of people who were stuck in Crimea during the transition period of it becoming Russian territory. The people didn't express any kind of negative emotion during this transition and they were mostly unbothered by it. I'm going to tell you about the Crimean Tatars. The Crimean Tatars were expelled from the Crimeas almost in full force, no one was left, that is, they were expelled to Central Asia 44 years after the liberation of Crimea, because among the Crimean Tatars there was total cooperation with the Nazis against the Soviet army in 1989, they began to return with the filing of Gorbachev, which created an unrealistic time bomb. Because of their habitats, which they inhabited for 50 years before. That is, they came to seize the territories where they once lived and communicated. In 2014, People in general did not understand what was happening. I met people who were for and supported the Russian Spring. In 2015 the situation was already different. Many who did not support the Russian Spring had already left because they understood that they would have revenge, at least in the coming years, and they left for Ukraine. I had an interesting moment when I visited the native Estonian settlements where Estonians live in Crimea. They have lived there for 170 years. When I was there I met an elderly lady who was the curator of the local prehistoric museum. She spoke fluent Estonian despite living in Crimea all her life. I actually did an interview with her and recorded it. She told me that in the area most people there were Estonian and there were Estonian schools in the area. 
How would you say the problems from 2014 grew into a big conflict between the two countries? More precisely, it was all heated up on purpose, this was all set Ukraine against Russia, but Russia agreed to the Minsk agreements. Macron and Angela Merkel confessed that the Minsk agreements were needed only in order to prepare Ukraine for war with Russia that's it, there is this pure water provocation. For months ago I had an American visitor who stayed with me who is a retired colonel of the US Marine Corps. He is in support of Biden here he was pumping weapons into Ukraine with money. Trained specialists sent specialists there helped build fortifications there in the Donbass that is, this is a pure man-made conflict. Thank you for speaking with me, I appreciate it. The conflict between Russia and Ukraine isn't as simple as it seems. This is a deep-rooted conflict which has been ongoing since 2014, and we might never see the end of the rivalry between the neighbouring countries unless something changes. The conflict between the two countries is an ongoing political argument which has had severe consequences on the people of both countries. This war has divided the people of Russia and Ukraine and forced them to not only go against each other, but also change their opinions of each other. However, what still links the people of both countries is the roots of their cultures. A big part of the problem is the Western media. To get an idea of how much the Western media has altered people's opinions on the war and whether they are unbiased just like the Western media claims to be, or are their feelings one-sided, I went out and did my own investigation. I went out and did a series of vox pops where I asked the British public the infamous question, what is your opinion on the Russia and Ukraine war? And I will now play the responses that I received. What is your opinion on the Russia-Ukraine war? I don't really have an opinion per se. Like, obviously it's bad with everything going on. Like, of what I've seen through media, through the news, and I think a lot of it is from Russia and then Ukraine are just trying to defend. But again, because there's such limited information <clears throat> about it as there's no communication from Russia, a lot of Ukrainians obviously will back their own country. It's really hard to see what's true and what's not. So I would say it does seem like Russia is bad, but at the same time, I feel like there's such, like even researching into it, there's such a history, but that was never, that's put, not put out in the media. So it's quite hard to have a opinion when you don't know everything. What's your opinion on the Russia-Ukraine war? Um, well, being in like a totally different country, you don't get the full like, perspective. So you can only see what the media says. And sometimes the media is quite, has like very different opinions to the countries that help them out. So I have a feeling that maybe the media might be in some parts kind of over-exaggerating or maybe even lying in some of the stuff they're saying to kind of make Russia look bad. Although there are there is evidence that there is a war, but I feel that sometimes media can blow out of proportion in a sort of why there is a war. What is your opinion on the Russia-Ukraine war? Frankly, I think it's ridiculous that Russia was allowed to get away with the original occupation of... Was it Crimea? Yeah. And because they were allowed to get away with it without pretty much anything happening, they took advantage and continued the invasion. I mean, I think the original annexation, as they're calling it, was an invasion anyway. And yeah, I think, yeah, I think the world is now sort of seeing how mad Putin is, basically. Because this isn't Russia, this is Putin essentially invading Ukraine. 
And that, yeah, that's my opinion. What's your opinion on the Russia-Ukraine war? So I basically think Putin has gone for a bit of a land grab like he did with Crimea. And he's trying to flex his muscles towards the West. Um, he can't sell his oil and gas to us now. So I think um, we've... I think we, we, we will have to find alternative energy sources now. But um, Putin is... He's a bit of a dictator. And... Um, he has no regard for human life, I don't believe. Uh, the way he's just bombing innocent women, children, men. But uh, that, that's, you know, in war, that's... He's, he's not actually said it's a war, but we're in the West, I think we all can see it's a war. Yeah, so um, he's kind of also leaning back on the nuclear threat as a bit of a deterrent so that's another reason we can't go in as we did in Iraq as we did in Syria it's um, it's a bit of a complicated uh, complicated mix so I don't know how the outcome is going to be one side is going to lose and one side is going to win but um, that is for for the for the for the books so yeah that's my opinion on that. <laughs> what is your opinion on the Russia-Ukraine war? I think that sometimes war is necessary to differentiate different laws and so on. But now I just think it's gone on for so, so long that they now need to come together and decide how to move forward and what's the best for both countries and deal with it without loads of other countries getting involved and it making it into an even bigger thing than what it needs to be. I will now be speaking about my own personal experience with the Russia-Ukraine war. When the war started, the media immediately started reporting on the war, saying that Russia has invaded Ukraine. I remember things on social media popping up with people supporting Ukraine, and I was all for it because I did not support the war, nor do I support any kind of war. Every single day I would watch the news and look at the updates on the war. I then remember seeing on social media that people were starting to have a bad attitude towards Russian people. This bad attitude started with the bashing of Russian culture, the people, and the language. I even remember seeing a Ukrainian social media influencer post on her story, if someone ever asks me for forgiveness to Russia, never, these people don't exist to me anymore. When I read this post, my heart sank because of me being Russian and not supporting the war. It didn't matter, this post was addressed to all Russian people. The stereotyping continued and got worse. Every time someone would ask me where I am from, and I said Russia, they would give me a weird look and the first question they would ask me was, what do you think of the war? I found this an awkward situation to be in because I don't want to speak on such a sensitive topic and when I respectfully wouldn't want to answer, people would automatically assume that I am supportive of the war, which wasn't the case. At some point, I and my mum feared speaking Russian in public just in case anyone said something. Our safest option was to speak English. These stereotypes hurt because you as a person do not support the war, but your nationality tells people otherwise. 
Mass media around the world has heavily influenced people's opinions on the war. When the war started on the 20th of February in 2022, my main source of information would be Sky News. I would tune in every day and look at updates on the war. However, what I noticed was how they would report on the war and how it seemed more biased than unbiased. All I would see was the war but from the Ukrainian side and not the Russian side which didn't make it fair and balanced news reporting to me. I then started looking at other news sources such as other TV news broadcasts, newspapers, radio broadcasts and podcasts. But all of them would heavily report the conflict from the Ukrainian side and barely speak about the Russian side. But when they would speak about the Russian side, a lot of it would be negative, which seemed very biased. With new updates being put out every day, people's opinions were constantly changing with each new piece of information they would hear or see. The main opinion I noticed that changed was how everyone saw the people of Russia. Until this day, the stereotype has stuck and now I have learned how to deal with it and just continue going about my life as a Russian person. I'm now joined by my final guest for this episode, who will be uncovering the truth of what is happening in Ukraine right now from the Russian side, compared to what the Western media is telling us, which is only the Ukrainian side. Hello, and thank you for agreeing to speak with me. Well, here's the first question. From your point of view, what do you think is happening in Ukraine now? Well, in Ukraine right now, there's a brutal war happening. Here in the UK, we are being told about how brutal the Russian military is being with Ukrainian civilians and that they're robbing places, killing innocent people and mistreatment of innocent Ukrainian civilians. So can you confirm if these statements that are being made are true? No, that is not true, at least from what I have seen while I've been there. But everyone says different things, for example, the Ukrainian side is saying that Russian soldiers are brutal killers. On the other hand, you have the Russian side saying the Ukrainian soldiers are brutal killers. That's completely understandable, I am just trying to get to the truth and find out whether Western news is completely unbiased or not and your opinion would be very important not only to me, but also to the listeners. On one hand, I haven't heard of anyone on our side doing that but on the other hand, I can't speak for the Ukrainians who are making these reports. So I can't truly say who is wrong and who is right. But have you personally witnessed any of this behavior? No, during the time I spent there, I did not witness anything like that. Thank you for speaking with me, I appreciate it. The war has had a lot of history behind it, with past conflicts and disagreements fueling the fire and making tensions higher. What I have found interesting about the past conflicts with Russia and Ukraine from 2014 is that there has been barely any news coverage about it. When the conflict in 2014 started, there were reports, but as the years went on and the conflict continued and got worse, the Western media had no interest in continuing to report on the issue. However, when the conflict grew into a war between the two countries, the Western media took a lot of interest in reporting on it, and now it has become a news story that they give updates on daily. But from what I have seen recently is that the war is no longer interesting to people with fewer people talking about it on social media and news broadcasters such as Sky News only reporting on minor changes in the war. The Western media has had a big impact on not only how people see the war but also what they think of the people from each country. However, this is a topic which I will get into next episode. In the next episode... I'll be diving deeper into the effects the war has had on Russia and its people. I will also be speaking to some guests who will be discussing their personal experiences and the changes in behaviour they saw towards them from other people once the war started. 
And that is it for this episode of the Russian Truth Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and listened to it on YouTube, please like and subscribe, but also don't forget to give your opinions in the comment section down below. If you listen to the podcast on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts, don't forget to follow the Russian Truth there. I would also like to say a big thank you to all my guests who have joined me on this episode. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. situation in Ukraine. Get more now on the war in Ukraine. Moscow had planned to take control of Ukraine. Let's turn to the war in Ukraine. The Russians have no line of sight here. The Russian Truth Podcast.